Hey. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your engine. Turns, gives to Connor. Connor will try the right side. Connor will pick up the first down and more. Crosses the 40, the 45, the 50, the 40. A foot race. He gets inside the 25 to the 20 to the 15. Will cut back and find a place to rest at the 10 yard line. A huge run for James Connor to seal it for the Steelers. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. All right. That's what we needed. That's we needed right. some juice. We needed the quick strike. We needed the big running play. We needed James Conner to be James Conner. And James Conner delivered, baby. And he delivered uh, what? He delivered bad, big rare, time, bad, man. Big time. Was that uh, amazing? You know, uh, you know what? He was, uh, uh, you know, Matt Filer pulled. Uh, Derek Watt uh, pulled behind him. Counter trade. And they, 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 they ran the counter trap, and then he got the crease, and uh, James Conner took off. You know, I love that play because big old anchor just pulls right around the right. corner, seals the inside. Derek Watt comes right off his keister, right. kicks out. I think it was Bryce Callahan, but I can't remember. Right. But Alexander Johnson, this is, the one, this is the guy he's got to beat. And Alexander Johnson basically went – Huh. He reached. He, just, he did. Yeah, he reached. He did. He looked like he was reaching for a loaf of bread at the supermarket. I'm going, yeah, yeah. that ain't going to stop James Conner. And, uh, you know, Alexander Johnson is a good player. Yes. You know, he is a thumper. He attacks. But right? uh, I think he didn't know who had the ball. He he must have been confused because right. he is a big blammo guy. Right. I mean, this is a guy that, that wants to go the downhill bang, that wants to penetrate, that wants to make the big hit. And he's hey, let's face it, give props where where props are due. Yeah. He he's good. But the fact was when he reached for Connor and I saw James just blow right by him, I said, Gad Zooks. We are on, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so and, I was excited. And, the, you know, nobody tackled James. Nobody. No. Yeah. Well, did you think the old lactic acid monster jumped on him a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Towards, uh, let's say, somewhere around yard number 47 to 49, <laughs> started to yeah. jump on him a little bit. Yeah, because <laughs> he, he went zigzag, zigzag. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, that that's uh, what happened to him. You know, the thing that I love about it, too, was – James needed this for himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? As much as the offense needed James to be himself. Right. 
he really needed this um, because you. It's it's like we always talk about success begets success. success, and I think he's going to be getting Chuck. more. Yes, Chuck Knoll, circa uh, 1980, 81, yeah. all through our careers. Right, 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 right. Winning begets winning, success begets with success. Exactly. So Chalucci. So I think about this, and I now I got to tell you something though. Right. I was watching the the game film yesterday. Right. Yeah. So so. I went. I'm watching the second quarter. My favorite run of James actually was in the 12 yarder right. in the second quarter. Yeah, he comes through the line of scrimmage, and there's Justin Simmons, mano a mano. He runs right? over. Justin. He does. He he covers up the ball, and he just drops that shoulder, and blam! He runs him right over. And Justin Simmons is a good tackler. He is. Yeah. And he's a hard hitter. Right. He's a tough guy. Got a lot of respect for him. So I look at this, and I and I say, good for James. Good for the offense because there's some things that obviously we're talking about preseason games, Chaluch. They got to tighten some things up, yeah. right? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they, they have good safeties, Denver. Justin Simmons and right. Kareem Jackson, uh, they both support well. Uh, Kareem Jackson is more the uh, uh, more the box guy, right. and Justin Simmons is more the free safety yes. center fielder. But uh, they, they, they exchange – positions very well seamlessly uh, they yeah, intertwine yeah, in yeah, there and, yeah but they, they bring the big kaboom yeah, all they, the time they bring they bring the big support on run support and i i was so thrilled because um this was just again something you got to get going we right. got to get that going and i got it benny snell had a first great week yeah. you know and but the problem is you and this is what troubles me a little bit benny snell has fumbled four times in the last seven games right Two times in a row in the fourth quarter. Two games in a row in the fourth quarter. Even Mike Tomlin has said, "Yeah, I'm uh, I'm concerned about the untimely fumbles. It's not just the fumbles, but the fourth quarter fumbles too." You know, is Jerome Bettis in town? I don't I, know. I, I bring Jerome Bettis uh, into uh, practice and uh, uh, coach. Benny Snell. I think that would be a great yeah, idea. Because uh, uh, nobody Jerome, did it better yeah, than Bussy. Nobody did it better than Bussy. He, you know, he held it up high, and he held it in his armpit. And uh, well, he, he would co- cover the points. He'd right. cover one with his right hand. Right. Then he'd stick that other point in his armpit. Yeah. He would have the rubber sleeve so that the ball was a little bit tacky. Right. You know, maybe a little uh, spray on it. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Not not little, the silicone. Not the silicone. Yeah. Not the silicone. Not silicone like we use. <laughs> A little stick them in yeah, there. Yeah. And he would just always carry it in his right arm because he always said, you know what, I just need one arm. I I know where that ball is all the time right. and I can protect it there. Yeah. Uh, so that, it, of course, that runs contrary to what a lot of running back coaches teach. Yeah. But it sure worked for him. Right. What right. a dominant player he was. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was very, very physical. He'd lower his shoulder and he'd hold on to the ball. No question about it. And I, I look for Benny because here's the thing about it. You don't want to give up on Benny. Right. I mean, you can't give up on Benny. Uh, he's still fully capable. But, again, when you start to drop that ball, put it on the ground that many times in, in this little number of games, it's got to be – it's it's a bugaboo like giving the sack up. Right. Remember, like, we you give up a sack, you start thinking about it, what would happen? Yeah, yeah, you, know, you, you start uh, dwelling on it. Right. Uh, but, you know, one of the things, do the coaches lose confidence in Benny Snell? Well, I – this, that's a good question. Right. You know, here's the thing about it. I, I don't think they lose confidence. Right. But I think if you're sitting there going, okay, 
It's fourth quarter. Right. Um, right now, if the game's dicey, you're saying to yourself, in my mind, I would be saying, I want to know the guys that I that I can trust. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a little hedgification maybe in your gourd over the fact that maybe, just maybe, Benny's not up to it yet. Right. Now, the, the, the idea is going to be that you got to have a little reclamation project here. Right. You've got to bring back the fundamentals. What would Chuck say? Back to basics. Back to basics. And what would that be? Yeah, the, the hitting, hitting, Yeah, because hitting. you'd tell, you'd make sure that every defensive guy knew that whenever Benny Snell touched that football, try to strip it. Make yeah. him totally aware of it time and again. You do your, your carry drills, you know, right. you, you hand off and, and, and concentrate on that. You run with it and you're conscious of it. Back in the day, remember how the, the, the old timers give a, a ball to a young guy and say, you carry it around with you right. everywhere. I think yeah. you said it last night on yeah. the point after. Yeah, I, I said it. Uh, I, I would, if I was Mike, I'd give Benny a ball and say, carry that with you wherever you go. And you know what? I would tell everybody else in the building. I'd yeah, say, just try to trip. <laughs> if you can, it. if you can strip it off, Benny, you get the. I don't know. Benny owes you ten bucks or something yeah. like that, or Benny's got to run. Yeah, you know. But that would be something because that way, in my mind, I don't know. At least you're fundamentally moving forward right. and trying to create a positive result from what could be a negative thing. Right. Because right. you don't want them sitting there thinking about it. Okay. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, uh, in 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 New York. I um, was disappointed in the fact that he didn't try to get the ball after what do you he mean? fumbled. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. You know, I looked at that. I, I, you got a great point. Usually the guy that gives up the fumble <laughs> is the most desperate. Or the one responsible yeah, oh, for getting somebody yeah, the, hit that yeah, gives yeah, up the fumble, that's right. such as moi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the guy that gives up the fumble uh, or is uh, guilty of uh, missing the block that gives up the fumble. <laughs> he is the one that is desperate, desperate, desperate. Oh, man. I can tell you about that. We've talked about well, it. We've yeah, talked Teddy. about it. Uh, well, you know how I love Teddy. Such a great guy. What yeah, a great man. Yeah. What a, what, and what a friend to come no! through. No! <laughs> You could, you probably could have heard me all the way back in Pittsburgh screaming, yeah. no. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, that did trouble me watching Benny sit there because, right. listen, man, you got you got to light that wick. He got up you on know. his knees and you know was looking. I know. Maybe he thought it went out of bounds because yeah. he was close to the boundary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, then yeah. at the other, maybe if, I, if the pile is inside the boundary, you might want to go look. Maybe he didn't know where it went. <laughs> That's the only that's the only thing I can think of. Because I can't think of any other more serious moment, maybe the, other than when Malone got crushed in the blitz right. and the, his helmet got knocked off. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and he he and was we, we, he was concussed. We, you know, Webby, you oh. and me, and we, we said, I got my guy. <laughs> How bad was that? Yeah, that Malone is on the ground. He's, he's bleeding. Mom, he's bleeding. <laughs> his mouth's bleeding. His eyes are glazed over. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, already yeah. checked into Tuesday, and it's a Sunday game. <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, okay, uh, I, got my I got my guy. <laughs> I, I said to Bobby Golick, the nose tackle, I go, Bobby, you came backside, didn't you? And he goes, what's it worth to you? <laughs> Bobby was funny. Oh, he was just tremendous. Yeah. But those are the insane moments that occur right. out on the field. Yeah. And you get, you know, to the point where um, – 
you know, you react so instantaneously to things like that. I just can't even imagine right. if I was the one that had fumbled or had given up the the play somehow that caused the, the fumble. Missed the block. The missed the block. What was I thinking? How do you you know on a slide protection you have the mo to the will? I mean mo to will, yeah. mo to will. That's right, it, right? Right, right? I slide out That's and I the see the inside will linebacker to the yes, outside linebacker on the weak mo side. To will. Yes, yeah. the backside backer. So I, I to this day I'm thinking, what were you thinking when I know what? I, well, I remember I saw the back release. Out of the corner of my eye, right? Yeah. And I see the linebacker rushing, but then I just turn back in thinking, for some stupid reason, the back is going to go, oh, let me pick this guy up. Right. (laughs) But he didn't. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Obvious. Captain Obvious. He didn't pick him up. He didn't pick it up, man. And he blottoed. Stouter from the blind side, right, man. Right, that right, ball, right. I can see it right now. Popped up. Popped up because I watched that film over and over. Well, Raleigh made me watch it over and over and over. You see that ball just pop up and you're just going, no. Yeah, you know, I was blocking Jacob Green. Right. And uh, uh, I, I saw it through the cor- by, by the corner of my right. eye. And so I punched him. And then I went over to the ball. I started uh, trying to get the ball, but Teddy got it. Teddy went groundhog. If you could see the film, folks, there's there's Tunch and me on top of some Seahawks. Uh, they're all everybody's in a pile, and we're punching. And, and and Teddy comes in from the one side, the back side, and you see him dive like head first into the pile. Right, and it's at the edge of the pile. We're on top, on the very top, and we are punching and fish hooking guys. Right. We're pulling their face masks. Yeah, you know, I'm grabbing them by the back, and and we are, you know, guys are are punching me back, but I don't care. I'm getting to the bottom. Right. I'm pulling guys off, peeling them off one by one, and somehow Teddy gets there. Yeah. And He's covered on that because ball. we pulled the guys. Up. Oh, I know, but he got there before us, and all I could think about is, is I'm laying there, just holding him, going, "Teddy, thank you, I love you, I love you, Teddy." <laughs> There's no terror right. like giving up a sack Track. that that creates a fumble, fumble lost ball that would have led to a, a loss. Right. Oh my heavens. Oh, all yeah. right. Well, the, I think yeah. we got to go to break because I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> How much coffee did you have today? I had a lot, baby. Yeah. We're ready to go. All right, we'll be right back. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. We'll be back after this. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Oh, yeah. Sing it, Bruce. Glory days. Chaluch, do you remember before the game, we were up in the Southwest Rotunda, right? Right. Fourth floor. Right. We're looking over the stadium. Then we're looking out over the river. And, you know, it was all about... The glory days. Remember, we're talking about what was it like? Remember, Three Rivers was right next to us. Right, 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 right. Well, we got a special guest 
who brings back glory days like you can't even believe. And we are so blessed to have in the locker room. Would you please welcome Aaron Smith, the great Aaron Smith. How are you, brother? Good, good. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Aaron Smith. How are you, my friend, huh? On this glorious wow. God's day. I'm good. It's a great day to be alive and the great words of Coastal Bow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Aaron, how are you doing, buddy? How are you doing? How are the kids? Uh, we're doing real well. You know, I mean, I mean, obviously our quarantine is like everybody else. It's right. COVID thing. But, um, you know, everybody's done fantastic. I, I always tell, I tell people, you know, I, my quarantine isn't like a lot of people. Like, we got some property. We got a big house. There's not eight people stuck in an apartment, you know, and uh, so I don't really have a whole lot to complain about compared to a lot of people. A lot of people have a lot worse than me. So, well, uh, Aaron, I try to always keep it in perspective. Absolutely, brother. I got to tell you, I'm so thrilled because I've, as I've often told you, you were my favorite modern era player. Right. Just said at such respect for one of the things I loved about you was you were like the Mike Webster of this era and that this and I and I'll say this and I unashamedly so you played at such a high level week in week out year in year out it was terrific to watch your career how's the body doing in retrospect uh first of all I mean that, that's an ultimate compliment I don't know if I throw me in Webster's kind of category that was a unique man but like I said it's an honor for me to be considered because I think back when you guys played was real football you know, I mean, I think it's kind of softened up to the point. But when you played to say I could have played, that means means a lot to me coming from you too. Um, the body, you know, the body's good. You know, I mean, I, I can't complain. Like, I'm active. I, I I do. I work out every day. I do something. I try to do jujitsu twice a week. Oh, get I try out! To play ba- get I try out. to play basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, you're uh, getting on the mat, rolling around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm rolling around. I'm taking a butt whooping most times for my well, instructor. But that I, will happen. I, I had my 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 black belt was in freestyle jujitsu. Yeah, yes. I took a, a butt whooping from <laughs> my wolf. <laughs> He, hey, Aaron, he was the worst jujitsu proponent I've ever seen. He was warming up in class in the ring one time in my gym years ago. This must have been 15, 18 years ago. He's warming up in the ring, and we were doing break falls. He came running across the ring, and he flipped himself over and splatted himself. Uh-huh. Knocked the wind. He didn't, he didn't even, you know how you roll over your shoulder? He didn't even, yeah. even slow down. He splatted himself, and he gets up, and he looks at me and goes, I think I'm done. Yeah. Oh, you do it wrong. He's not gonna feel good. Uh, I I tell everybody, you know that jujitsu. What that is? That's my humble pie. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's not a lot of things in my life, but that one is a humble piece of pie that I get twice a week. Have, have, have you done any gray outs? Now the gray outs are with the gi on, and you uh you know work a, a little hadaka jame or something to you know take the air out of you, and it's to take you towards understanding or feeling what it's like to go out. And you tap. Oh, supposedly yeah, yeah. you so tap. We've, we, we've done that because we were going for a while, and I told my instructor, "Listen, you've got to start choking me, so I at least know what that that feels like." And right. He looked at me kind of strange, like, "What's wrong with you, man?" <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, this is kind of how I am. You know, it's my whole life. Like, you got to know what it feels like, right? You know, before you before you actually experience. So that day, that day he took it to me. I mean, it was. I came home and I'm like, "That was a bump." Yeah. You know, I, I tell I tell people like this, like. My wife laughs because I'm a blue belt now. And I said, it took me a year of ass whoopings 
yep. to get to that blue belt. That's what that thing earned me. And she's like, you're proud of it? I'm like, yeah, I have no idea. And then I, I'll tell you another funny story. So, you know, my, I've done sports my whole life. But right. We've all done this. But I've never quit anything. Never. Right. Okay. Never, never have I. I puked. I've ran to I've puked. I've gone. You know, I mean, you couldn't break me mentally. And I'm going with my instructor, and he's a good sized guy, about six two, two thirty. He's just, you know, how they just they just yep. get relentless. Like you yep. can't get a second to breathe, no matter where you go. Yeah. Eon. He's laying on me, and I can't breathe. And yep. he's gone for like eight minutes, and I'm sweating. And he's big, hairy man laying on top of me. <laughs> I finally said, man, just get off me. I'm done. And he looked at me, I'm like, just, and it's the only time in my life I've ever quit. I'm like, just get off me. I'm it done. does humble you. Yeah. It does. Oh. Hey, uh, is, Aaron, are you still uh, coaching basketball at Eden? Uh, well, I was at Eden. Now I'm at North Allegheny. So about four years ago, uh, this is my fifth year at North Allegheny. Four years ago, the guy that took over the new coaching job came in, called me, and asked if I would be interested in coaching North Allegheny. So I took the job, and then he actually resigned last year, and Coach Dan Rose just took the job and called me and asked if I'd be interested. So I'm still coaching North Allegheny. Wow. So I was there. I was at Eden for four years, and uh, it's a great school, great guys, great coaches, friends of mine. Um, and then the North Allegheny, I transferred over. And I got kids in both. So I got some kids in North Allegheny, some in, some in Eden. So um, the nice thing is, like, I get to be around my kids, see my kids on a regular That's basis. That's awesome. That's great. Now, I got to ask you, Aaron, you look at um, the Steelers' defense nowadays, and you came from an era of great Steelers' defense. You guys set a rushing, you know, at least amount of rushing record uh, yards given up back yeah. in the day in the, you know, 2000 to 2010. Um, what was the secret to your success back then as you look at that group of guys, and how do you rate this defense now uh, compared to you guys then? So the first part of your question, so back then I, I think our secret was is that we were very sound, gap sound and fundamental. Right. right. You know what I mean? And we had, we, not to mention, we had a lot of great players, don't get me wrong. But I, but I think every man on that team took it upon himself to do his job the best he possibly could. And uh, when when guys do that, it becomes very gap sound. It becomes very hard to do to find gaps or holes for the running back and for teams. Um, not to mention we had some great players. I mean, you look at that team. I look back at now, and I feel blessed that I played with a lot of those guys. Those guys were fantastic players. Um, and now I'd say compared to this team, this team, this team, this defense is exciting. They're very exciting to watch. They get after the quarterback. They swarm the ball. Um, when I watch them, I see reminiscences kind of myself, but mm -hmm. I, it's hard to say. You know, I, I see a lot of similarities. Um, I mean, we'll see. I, I always think the longevity, how long can you do it for? You know, I think that's – Coward told me that a long time. Anybody can be a flash in the pan. Right. Can you do it over a course of five, six, seven years? That's right. when it becomes impressive. Yeah. Uh, hey, Aaron, um, what, what, you know, what effect did the brotherhood of guys that love Jesus have on uh, the way you guys played? Oh, there was no doubt. I mean, first of all, I think when you, when you know Jesus, you realize it's not about you. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you realize it's, it's, a, it's the bigger picture that matters most. And when you have that in your heart, I think it's easy for you to lay down and say, okay, it's not about my ego. It's about the greater good for this team and for my brothers that I love. Right. Um, 
And I think that makes guys more, you know, like I always tell people like, yeah, I played in a great defense and I played three, four, but there was a lot of things that was asked of me that wasn't necessarily a lot of fun. You know what I mean? To take on a, I, I don't mean that. No, I, no, I'm just laughing because I know what you're talking about. But it's that to take on a double team so the linebacker can run free and sack the quarterback isn't the ideal situation. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like most D-line and most guys, I want to get the sack. So, um, I think the fact that you take on that double team and then that guy gets a sack, but that guy notifies you and, and is thankful for what you did creates an environment where guys just love playing for each other. And, I, and, and honestly, I think I tell people, like, I believe this, our defense, those years, we had a collective thought that we could beat anybody on any given day if we did it together. Right. If we were all together, we, we didn't think there was a team out there or anybody could come at us. If we were together and showed up together to play, we could we could take it to anybody. You know, in Matthew, I love when Jesus says, hey, here's two rules. Love God with all your heart, right? Everything you got. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And when you go into, and I think so many people, how much they would benefit if they could have been part of a locker room, part of a huddle. Right. Where it doesn't matter the man to your left, the man to your right, the guy across from you, you're all part of just, hey, you love each other, you pull for each other, and you stick together no matter what. That's an experience I think that would educate anybody. Yeah, you love like Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I tell people all the time, people, you know, football's kind of got a bad rap, but I've, I've said as a coach, and I coach basketball right now, so I'm listening, there's nothing that teaches you, a young boy, more about growing up and being a man as far as sports than when it comes to football. Yeah. Everybody's got a job. Some days just suck to go to work. Some, you know, when that coach is trying to get the spread for 100 yards, it just flat out sucks. Like, there's no fun about it. You just got to put your head down and get it done. And that's kind of like growing up and going to work. Uh, everybody's got a position. There's 11 guys out there. You've got to learn to do your role. That right guard isn't being the best right guard in the world because he's going to get glory. He's doing it because he wants to help the team. Right. You know, yeah. no one, you're not getting anything from that. So I always I tell football is, is a great game for maturing. I think it's kind of gotten a bad rap over the years as a violent game, a dangerous game. Um, I think as a society, I agree with you. I think as a society, if we all had to go through that, we learn to sweat and, and, and work and, and share success and failures with different people from different backgrounds. You learn that it's about the merit of the man. It's not about who they are, where they are, what they've done. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you fight together, you laugh together, you, you cry, cry together, together yes. you bleed together, you win together, you lose together, uh, and that's uh, that. What uh, that's a bonding the, experience. That's what forms the bond. Yes. Uh, I yeah. want to ask you a question. How much? Uh, what effect did Dick LeBeau have on you? Oh, it was unbelievable. You know, there's been there's been two, three coaches. I'd say three coaches in my life that profoundly impacted me as a man. And, 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 you know, a guy told me one time the only thing that changed you as a person is the books you read and the people you meet. You know who that was? Who? Tunch Ilkin. <laughs> that was Charlie Jones. Yeah, from, Charlie, yeah. Charlie yeah. Tremendous the, Jones. Charlie, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that, Tunch told me that years ago, but there's three coaches that have profoundly impacted my life. One was my high school basketball coach because I really didn't have a father figure who took an interest in me, and I still speak to him to this day, at least mm. once a week. The other one was Coach Mitch. Mitch, he's a, man he's Mitch. a great a guy. He's a, yep, he's a great man. I, I I think you could make his life into a movie and who he is into a movie, and he probably be so humble he would never want it. But that's yes. the type of guy he is. And then you got Coach LeBeau. and all those guys are good men. 
good men, strong competitive men. Right. You know, but they treat people the way you're supposed to be treated. They come. That doesn't mean they're soft. Doesn't mean they show up and lie down when you're giving it to them. But they're strong men. They have a faith in God and believe in each other and try to encourage and lift each other others up. And I, and I think that's to see men like that that can profoundly impact you, but yet be successful and do what they do and compete. Um, it, it's hard to find these days. It's hard to find a guy with integrity that goes out there and competes and does what he's supposed to do and is successful. Now, let me ask you something. Have you ever been able to quote the night before Christmas from memory for your kids yet? <laughs> no. Like Coach LeBeau? I, no, but I have a video of it. He probably doesn't even know. But they gave me – one year I was on uh, I was on IR. I think I had surgery, and I was at home laid up, and he did it. And I asked if they would video it for me. So I have a video at my house on DVD of him doing it. And it, <laughs> it, is, it is something to behold. I don't know if you've ever seen it. The man – He's an amazing, amazing man. Super smart. If you realize how long he memorized that thing, but he actually added probably to set the scene. He'll probably add a whole page memorized that he made up himself to set the scene before he tells that night before Christmas. And he's got the whole character. I mean, it's it's, a, it's a pretty <laughs> impressive. Like he's the guy you wish was your kid's granddad. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yep. So you're listening to Aaron Jones, or Aaron Smith. Uh, <laughs> hey, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, he was our teammate. Aaron Smith. And Aaron, what effect did Mitch have on you? Because I know he was uh, a one-man wrecking crew uh, as we rookies. We like to call him a one-man Paris Island because yeah. he would break you down then rebuild you in the form and mold. That he wanted. There's no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. You know, when when I first, I, I tell this story. Mitch, I mean, Mitch just told it. I tell this story. Mitch, Mitch just when I got there, just crushed me. I yeah. mean, I couldn't do anything right. It didn't matter <laughs> if he told me to go right, and I went right. I was wrong. You yes. know, and that was my joke. And so, uh, to the point where I was a grown man as my rookie year, if he was coming down the hall, I'd start looking for doors to jump in. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know you what know, you're talking like, about. I didn't even want to see the man, you know? And so he, he would grab me in my rookie year. He'd make me come in at 5.30 in the morning to watch film. And then after the whole day, I'd have to watch film again. And and then when we were at camp, he'd have me in between. Like, when I was down, I said, most guys get to go hang out on their helmets and drink water. He'd grab me, and I'd be over doing drills in between sessions. Well, it wasn't even our period. He just nonstop. I just never got a moment to breathe. And... uh I would go home and I'd say, I think this coach hates me. I know he hates me. He just doesn't like me. It's something about it. He's just trying to kill me. This and this my whole rookie year. So then the next year, I couldn't stand Mitch. I'm being honest. I, I thought the man I was like, I hate him. I hate him. I don't like him. The next year, we get Kendrick Clancy. And he's more brutal on Kendrick Clancy than he was on me. And I'm like, <laughs> it ain't got nothing to do with who you are. He just don't like rookies. And so – through that process, I mean, I was with Mitch for 10 years, but you just don't. I always tell the rookies, he sees something in you you don't see in yourself. That's and it. He's and he's finding a way to get it out. And I said, a lot of times, I didn't even know I didn't know. And Mitch was coming at me, and I didn't even understand why he was yelling at me because I didn't know better. Exactly. And I said, if you just humble yourself and learn and listen to him, he will make you into what you need to be. That's and, exactly uh, it, bro. And so that's that's really it. Took me a whole year of getting beat down, <laughs> and then, then finishing that. And then I realized this is what he did. You know, I me mean? he broke me down and built me back up. And uh, I mean, you couldn't find a better guy, honestly. 
Uh, he's hard on you because he's demanding and he's accountable. Right. But, I mean, the man loves you. He wants the best for you. Um, he treats you with respect. Uh, I can't say enough about him. Like I said, those those three guys in my life are family impact. You know, I thought it was so cool because I even remember a time you were out on the field and he was so mad at you. There was something that happened. He pulled you out of the game. You were already an all-pro. I mean, you were already as of a stature of, of having all the, you know, the, the – the, the titles that you could want as a player, you know what I mean? And he pulled you out, and I remember talking to you after that, and you said something like, a, yeah, he's he's hard on me no matter what. But ah. it's, it's because I remember talking to Mitch then later on, and he says, when he said something to the effect, when you see greatness and you know greatness is in somebody, like he saw it in you, right. you have to reach down and pull it out because sometimes, just as you said, they don't know how good they can be. So and I you think know, you he, never did. He learned from Raleigh, our <laughs> offensive line coach. Yeah. Raleigh Dodge was uh, uh, brutal on me and Wolf. He treated us like redheaded stepchildren. Oh man, did he ever! Aaron, yeah. let me ask you this: What do you think if you had gone into training camp with no preseason? Uh, what would what would that have been like? Uh I mean, it would have been nice and comfortable. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But but I'll say, I, I, I was just having a conversation with my son's 16 now, and he was asking about all these like all these guys getting injured because he's a big-time fantasy kid now. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, the problem is is they ain't grind. They don't grind it out like they used to, and the body doesn't acclimate to the stress and the, and the thing. Like, I was a guy, yeah, I didn't like going pads, but there's a place for pads. Like, you yeah. need that to sharpen that right. board. Yes. You know? And and I would have felt like this is I would have I would have been very uncomfortable to go right into a game because you can't simulate the only way you you can't simulate the speed and the physicality and all the violence that goes on during that in a practice you just can't so the only way you can acclimate and train for that is to actually go through it so I it, it would have yeah it would have been nice and I would have been comfortable do I think I would have been prepared to play my best football probably not. You know, I don't think it. I just, I'm just not that way. Yeah, There's only two guys in my entire life that I saw that could not really practice and go out there and just dominate games. And one was Jerome Bettis, right? And the other one was Troy Polamalu. Yeah. Those are only two individuals in my entire life that I've ever seen just kind of, eh, I'll do it when I want. Our era was Larry Brown, the great yeah. Larry Brown, the right tackle. Yeah, brother yeah. Aaron, we got to roll on. I want to thank you for taking the time. I wanted to, uh, you know, to hey. Loads of love to you, to your bride, and your your family. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Will you come back on with us sometime? Yeah. Uh, you guys call me anytime. You know I'm retired. I don't have a lot of time. But, hey. Love you, Aaron. On, on, on a side note, you two are two of my most favorite individuals. Oh, yeah. love you, bro. God bless you. God bless you, you man. I love you, bloody. family's doing well. It's always great talking to you. So All right. Such anytime a pleasure. you let me know. God Thank bless you, brother. you, brother. Love you, buddy. Take, Take care. care. Have a good All day. Right. My best yep. to your family. Yes. All Thanks, right, son. that's the great Aaron Smith. Boy, you know what? That young man, when he came on board, you just knew there was yeah. something special about him. He's special he to this day. He is special. All right, we'll be right back with more. Coming from the locker room, Tunch and Wolf.
You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, when the Steelers played the Super Bowl in uh, <laughs> in Tampa against the Arizona Cardinals, I know what say. Bruce uh, was the halftime show. Right. And uh, a wolf came on in the third quarter and said, that was the best rendition of Fifth Avenue Freeze Out I ever heard. <laughs> I said, you mean 10th Avenue Freeze Out? He said, yeah, that oh, yeah. too. <laughs> and then uh, in the pregame, uh, there were a million Steeler fans and very few Cardinal fans. And I said, uh, uh, you know, uh, look at all the Steeler fans. I, I bet the Cardinal fans are intimidated. And uh, Wolf said, it, it's like uh, custard and wounded knee. I go, you mean the little big horn? He goes, yeah, that, yeah, that too. too. I was a little off on the Super Bowl day. Had a little bit, you know, just a little bit <laughs> off. It's wounded knee. Yeah. It's, you know, with a little big horn. Right. It's 10th Avenue freeze out. It's 5th Avenue freeze You know, what am I going to say? Yeah. You have that on big jobs like this. I, you know, I was laughing. That was so, so hard. Funny. That, that was. was so funny. What are you going to say? All right, let's go to CR in Chicago. CR, welcome to the locker room. How you doing, bro? Hey, you too, old foggy. Zero. I finished in Chicago. How the heck you guys doing this morning, man? Fantabulous. Did you get a load of that Aaron Smith interview? Was it not? Was he not great? Hey, I was gonna say there's a cartoon out about this substitute teacher that comes into the classroom and he's talking to all the students and he's calling them by the names. And when he gets to that name, he says A A Rod. <laughs> so it's, it's a crazy cartoon but you love it if you ever seen it yeah man he he was one of my favorite he kind of like sneaked up on me because yeah. i remember seeing him and on the team and then all of a sudden like he was quiet he didn't he didn't make a whole lot of noise but he made his noise and his and his playing his play and, was all about it man right and you playing know. on the, the you know on the with the three uh he was um he was awesome, man. He got him on one side, then he had the mountain man on the other side. Yeah, Brett Kiesel. You, man, it was it was wild. You know, the three of them, Big Snack, the D's, and uh, Aaron Smith, that was a heck of a threesome. And then Kimo Von Hallhofen. Right, Kimo yeah. was, was also very, very uh, huge in that outfit. Yeah. He, I think, uh, you know, matter of fact, that would be good to – we should effort Kimo. We yeah. Gotta get, we got to get him. Yeah. I'd like to have him. There you go. And we got to get the bearded one, too. Right. All right. Yeah. So what do you got, CR? Well, I'm going to talk a little bit more about A-Rod. A uh, one of the things he was saying that was, it was so prevalent was uh, 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 doing the things that were uncomfortable for you uh, so that you could make uh, uh, things happen for the rest of the team. Right. And uh, along with him, uh, uh, Casey Hampton was another one because he yes. would often take two blocks in the middle, allowing other people to get free. So it's all about the other guy, the team sport. I didn't play any team sports, but I was in the military. And uh, it's kind of like the, the same thing. Man. Mm -hmm. You got to give up yourself for, for other people, man. It's uh, it's all about um, doing the right thing. Right. Hey, uh, real quick, I just want to get a shout-out to um, to the Dirty Dozen. You know, Juan, Clyde, Robbie, Ed, <laughs> George. Nick the Dirty Lewis, Dozen, I like it. Nathaniel, Dano, Marino, George, Jordan, and Jason. Uh, I really appreciate you guys calling in. And I, I uh, it just makes the show, man. Kind of like we kind of like know each other in a sense, but we don't know each other. Don't now, don't, don't forget Robbie 
from yeah, Robbie. Don't Robbie. I, I said Robbie. Oh, yeah, you did, sir. Yeah. Or, or Tunch yeah, calls him Roby. No, I didn't call him. You did. called him Roby. You once, did too. Once. All right, so Here what? We Here we go again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here we go again. Hey, um, you talking about um people with, with, with the football. Wasn't that a Walter Amacrabbie that the day um they put the, the 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 ball the ball in his hand and he had to walk around for um uh during the whole time? I a, don't remember. I don't remember. I thought, it was, I thought it was Walter. Yeah. I thought it was Walter. Yeah, it could well have been. In any ca- yeah. In any case, um, back to the team. Um, again, guys, I think the biggest thing we got to be focused on, because a lot of people talking smack about the Steelers, who they beat, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, technically, we're still in just coming up on the third preseason game. So uh, I think things are going together well. Uh, I think we just keep improving. We did make a lot of mistakes. In, in that last game, but they open up our eyes to, to things that we need to be looking forward to, the things that we need to correct, the things that we need to get together. Because we got some people coming up down the road that's going to really test us, Jacksonville and and uh, our, uh, the Dirty Birds across the, the road over there. So um, uh, what are your comments on um, where we're at right now compared to where we need to be at in the immediate future? Well, you know, CR, we're growing uh, the Steelers are growing, and uh, they're overcoming their mistakes. They're overcoming their rust. Uh, but, uh, you know, without preseason, you go through rust. You go through challenges. Uh, you go through mistakes. And uh, you, you overcome them by being 2-0, and uh, but you, you work on them. No question about it. If you ask me, they're around probably 75%. Right. Of where, you know, they want to be. They're going to be. We see spurts. We see things. But I'll tell you this. There is greatness when you have the opportunity to where you go, you give up a 19-play drive to a team, and then you pull off an interception that stops yep. the drive. Right. There's exactly. greatness when you yep. get an 81-yard uh, punt return call back, and on the very next play you go 84 yards on a go route. That's, to me, that's signaling there's greatness available in this team to overcome. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, this year, you know, I'm surprised that we have two uh, returners that could take it to the house. That could take oh, it yeah. to the house. That's exciting. Absolutely. Right. Hey, CR, we got to roll, brother. We're up against a hard break. All right, man. In the meantime, in between time, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Thank you, CR, man. Love you, bro. Take care. All right, that's the great CR from Chicago checking right. in. Yeah, you know, seriously, from Waukegan. From a oh, Waukegan. Yeah. Now, where's Waukegan in it, Chicago? It, it, it's very. It's uh, about an hour north of Chicago. Now, do they have good pizza there? I mean, because you know, uh, I, I I don't know that they they have good pizza there. Uh, but on the way there, uh, the silo. And that's got good pizza. All right. All righty. Well, you're listening to In the Locker Room with Dunch and Wolf. We'll be right back. We got the great Bob Labriola checking in at the top of the hour. Back with more.
was at a homecoming in Harlem late last night. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, we're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room. And uh, in the locker room, we have our great buddy, uh, Bob Labriola from Steelers Digest, Steelers Radio, and Steelers TV. All things Steelers. Yeah, all things Steelers. Uh, welcome to the locker room. Labs, how you been? Pretty good, fellas. When I heard that intro music, I thought maybe you were mistaken and thought it was pursued on this <laughs> on this segment. But because, uh, you know, he is the Springsteen. Yes, right. he is. Chairman, he of the, is. chairman of the Bruce Springsteen fan club. Hey, uh, I know this is your show and everything, but I really have a question for you guys, and I didn't know who else to ask. All right. So on that 59-yard run by James Conner, have you ever seen the counter tray run that way with a lineman and a tight end slash fullback being the guys yeah. to lead it around? I yeah. have not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you it's know, not widely done. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, 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 Labs, the new way to run the counter trap is uh, to run the uh, fullback or the wham uh, tight end who is, uh, uh, you know, like a wingback. Uh, coming across because uh, the you know when we used to run it, the guard and the tackle used to pull. Right. But there there was a challenge on the backside blocking. Right. And you had to get so, a cutoff yeah, block. Yeah. So you had to get a cutoff block, and so w- w- the, we weren't very effective of that. And so now they're running it that way. Plus, sometimes labs when you pull the backside tackle, and that backside tackle is one of those three hundred and fifty. Pound megalis. He, um, he doesn't quite get all the way around. Yeah, he doesn't get. <laughs> You're looking for a little more fleet of foot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I think. I I thought it had more to do with the um, with you know the the ability of the offside tackle to make it around the the corner there. Uh, but yeah, not. And what Tunch said though also makes sense. The you know the cutoff block right. because now they're calling that. Oh, that holding when you don't quite get the block right on the backside of a yeah and that you would hate you would hate to have a holding call on a fifty nine yard run <laughs> right or on a ninety yard run but, you know uh, <laughs> you know what uh, Matt Filer logged them in and uh, Derek Watt uh, did a great uh, job did a great job of playing off of Matt Filer and by the way the backside block that you're talking about that lobster block right th- that's what the officials were highlighting yeah. this the last year. You know, looking yeah. for that. All right, one of the things we got to ask you, Labs. They fired off Renegade, but they played it so low. Can we file an official complaint with whoever needs to be complained to about how low Renegade was? Um, sure. I mean, have <laughs> at it. I, I, um, you know, I, I get that. You know what what the intent is. I, I really do, and I understand. And um, that you're trying to make it as you know, normal right. as possible. But to me, a lot of that stuff, I mean, it just, without fans, right. there's no impact because the fans react. That's what gets everybody juiced up. Sure. Because sure. as I've said, I mean, I don't think, if you went down to the Steelers locker room, I don't think you could find 10 people, 10 players in that locker room <laughs> who know the group that does Renegade. Sticks. <laughs> that's because we're old that's, that's exact thank you thank you but, um, 
but you, you, you see what I mean. I mean, right. the players like like it because of the reaction that the fans have, and then you know that kind of energizes the stadium a little bit, and they can feed off that. But I mean, it's not like you know Vince Williams and Devin Bush and. Minka Fitzpatrick are in the huddle there going, oh, man, this is my favorite stick song. <laughs> you know, I didn't think about that. <laughs> you, you, know, you know, Labs, uh, I thought um, when they played it, it would get the guys fired up. But they played it at such a low volume level. <laughs> you know, we, you know, I was going, hey, why don't they, they turn it up? Well, it says 70, it up. De- 70 decibels is like a loud cocktail party, they say. <laughs> well, are there rules about that? I guess like seven. How loud things are allowed to be? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, that, that was a legitimate question. I, I, so, I mean, um, yeah, I. Can I can I make an observation here? Absolutely, I think we've please. We've already spent too much time on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that probably is very true. But it was so funny because we're in the booth and Touch looks at me and goes, "Oh, this is way too long." <laughs> and I was like, "Going well, okay." I I had the same reaction as you, Labs. I, I was sitting there going, "You know, this really isn't the same without the fans because there's there's none of." Here's the thing that I, it really stood out to me Sunday was there was no electricity that swirls through the stadium and goes to the players and the players take it and and, and, and run with it and, and there was no juice coming from the players to empty seats. I mean it just it was there was very strange, especially during the timeouts when everything was quiet. Yeah, and, and you know, again, um, I, I really think that you know the electricity from the stadium doesn't really come from anything that's on the scoreboard or you know anything like that. It's it's the fans reacting right. to stuff, and so um, you know it's going to be uh, that way. I believe you know you can't you can't uh, fake it enough uh, with the music and stuff on the scoreboard if there are no people there to react to it. That's just my opinion. And, um, you know, people ask me uh, what, uh, uh, you know, did they play Renegade at the Broncos game and, and what was it like? And I, I tell people it sounded like a, playing music in an empty stadium. Uh, you know, that, and I'm not taking shots or anything. No, I got you. But I, I'm trying to, I guess in my own weird way, I'm praising the fans, you know, for bringing, and, uh, bringing the electricity and, and adding to the atmosphere. Because without the fans, to me, all that stuff is, really kind of superfluous. You know, the thing that I also wonder about, too, is, is I, I watch this unfold. Was, you know, you had a good thing in Aston answered. Right. And you talked about Derek Watt. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's had a lot of snaps. I'm hoping that they work him more into the offense, but I get your point. This is a Ben-driven offense. This is not something where you want to start with plotting workhorses. But I got to tell you something. When – when you get Derek in there, sometimes he goes and lights up those second line right. guys. Yeah, I don't know. I think James is more effective with a fullback uh, than he is uh, all by himself at times. I want a fullback. <laughs> I, I like want it. a fullback because Derek Watt digs linebackers out. <laughs> well, let me tell you this: um, uh, our three opinions on that matter. If you added them all up and the, <laughs> uh, multiplied them by ten. It doesn't come close to Ben Roethlisberger's opinion. Right. Um, And I'm not saying he is the one vetoing Derek Watt, but I do believe that, you know, if you have Ben and you're paying Ben what you're paying him because of what he can do and what he has done, um, I'm interested in in what he is most comfortable with 
in terms of the offense and, you know, things he likes to do and formations he likes to use and whether he wants to be in the shotgun or the or under center. I mean, that's what I want. And then everybody else, to me, kind of has to adapt to that um, because he's number one. So, um, you know, that's – and that's why, you know, I muttered some – uh, unrepeatable words under my breath uh, on that first <laughs> offensive play. Right. You know, that's not that's that's not stuff that um, Ben does. And you're talking about Deontay Johnson's fumble on yeah. the on the jet yeah. motion. Yeah. It looked like a, it looked like a fine handoff. Okay, but you know that's not that's not the Ben offense. And so to me. I'm not interested in that. I mean, we did the offense without Ben last year. I mean, right. I still have nightmares. <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night screaming, remembering the offense yeah. without Ben. I don't, I'm not interested in doing that anymore. And so, um, because I really believe that if you would ask 31 defensive coordinators, they would much rather probably have the Steelers um, with two tight ends two backs in the backfield, and let's see that fullback digging out those linebackers on the second level instead of having number seven thrown across his body 28 yards down the field in the end zone for a touchdown. (laughs) Or deep down the left sideline, 81 yards to uh, Megatron Jr. Right. uh, You know, for another touchdown. So that's that's kind of my uh, philosophy on all this. I think that fans and some media get excited about you know, what Matt Canada can bring and what's new and what, let's play with all the toys in the toy box. Uh, I, I, I prefer to play with the toys that, um, you know, the go-to toys. You know, and, um, you know, 2-0, and o, baby, that's all I know. <laughs> Two guys that have stood out to me that uh, I think what I would call the secret sauce of, uh, and the secret flavor um, that uh, in some ways – it's not that it fly, it, nobody notices, but you got as you mentioned Chase Claypool, but his work on the special teams as well as wow. his catches. And the other guy is Tyson Alualu. I I expected Tyson to play well. I didn't expect him to play as well as he's playing. Dominant. He yeah. he dominated Nick Gates and he dominated Cushionberry, yes. who you said was a great. Was, uh... <laughs> Me, I, hey, I can tell a pro bowler in three snaps or less. <laughs> um, but you know, I and and the starting with uh, let's deal with them in order. You mentioned Chase Claypool right. first. Um, I, I would be really interested to know in NFL history how many wide receivers in the same NFL game have caught an 81-yard touchdown pass and made three special teams tackles. Right. Yes, great point. Yeah, he's a tough guy. You know, we used to call the wide receivers China Dolls. He ain't no China Dolls. And then Chuck uh, started calling them China Dolls. Hey, hey, Lev, you should call him the the Canadian Megatron. Yeah. (laughs) You know what Dan Rooney used to say about wide receivers? What's that? They should have to buy a ticket. Yeah. I'm telling you what, his work on special teams, I mean, who gets the opening hit on the kickoff? Who gets the yeah. first punt coverage hit? Uh, he goes down. Then he makes it, uh, the, the, the lights-out go route uh, up the sidelines there. I, to me, this young man, and the fact that um, he's got uh, all these qualities thus far, I know it's early and I know the sample size is small, but I, you see superstar all over him. This is a team-first guy. Yeah, he's a tough guy. Yeah. And uh, Tyson Alu Alu, right. I mean, all of a sudden, 
I, I you know, if if we were actually allowed to have any, you know, interaction with players and, you know, to be allowed to be allowed like in the office or anything, I would shake his hand and thank him because I'm not getting any more Javon Hargrave, we don't, we need a true nose tackle question <laughs> right. and ask and answer. Yeah. Seriously. And, I mean, this is a guy, I think a lot of people either don't realize it or maybe forget. He was a 10th overall pick of a draft. Right. So, I mean, this isn't some guy who is um, some piker. Um, right. Pull out a word from the 50s. Um, <laughs> this is a guy with, with serious pedigree. Right. And um, strength, and I'm sure that uh, – Based on his, for him to be in the league this long, he has to have good technique, or at least be willing to work on it, or you know something along those lines. And so, um, you know, he's one of those guys. I remember Mike Tomlin saying this uh, at one point to me, uh, not really early in his tenure, but not really long that long into it either. He said, you know, sometimes it's good to have some guys in the Steelers locker room who we didn't draft mm-hmm. who have been around the league a little bit because they can look at the other guys and say, you guys don't know how good you have it here. Absolutely. You know, well, that kind of, so, you know, and I think when, when some of the quotes I've read from Tyson, he's really happy to be in Pittsburgh and not Jacksonville. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, so uh, there's a lot of things that have come together with, you know, signing him and keeping him and, um, you know, and the job that he's doing. I mean, um, you know, he's, to me, he's very, very adequate uh, at nose tackle, and he can also give you snaps, uh, you know, in your, when you're in your four-man front and you have the, uh, you know, Batman and Robin uh, at the outside linebacker spot. So, um, yeah, great acquisition, and I'm really happy that we've kept him. And um, you're, you're, I don't know, but I'm not going to dispute in any way what you're saying about how good he has been playing because that stuff that goes on in the middle of the line of scrimmage is way over my head. Labs, he is better than adequate. He reminds me of Kimo von Olhoffen. Uh, you know, Kimo used his hands very well, and he got to the ball, uh, and that's what Tyson Alu-Alu uh, he uses his hands well. Uh, he shoots his hands into the center and controls the center and then throws them and makes the play. I, I got, I mean, and certainly the statistics, um, you know, bear that out. Right. Uh, certainly against the Giants. And, um, you know, the, the, uh, the Steelers' Achilles heel for the last 30 years, the outside zone run. Right. Um, you know, came to bite him a little bit, but uh, hey, win the game, win the game. That's all that matters. You got it. Labs, thank you so very much. We're going to roll on now, but we thank you for dropping in the locker room, my friend. No no problem, fellas. Talk to you next week. Thank all you, right. brother. Thanks. Thank you so much. And that's the great Bob Labriola of all Steelers all the time. Right. He's like the, the, the historian yeah. of the Steelers. So, all right, we're going to go to break, and we'll be right back with more in the locker room. Tunch and Wolf.
you're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. You think Jacob's grooving tonight? Right, no, Jake, just Jake's I mean, grooving. He's, he's really is, getting into it. Yeah, this is his favorite song by the boss. <laughs> and I, I like it, too. Yeah. You know, uh, all boss, all day. That's not a bad That's way right. to go. That's right, right. Let's go to the phones. Uh, we got Circus George in Sarasota. Circus George, welcome to the locker room, brother. Hey, good morning, guys. So, yeah. Good morning. Hey, I actually made notes today. Wrote stuff down. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, a little shout-out to CR. That was such, yeah, a little shout-out to CR for saying such nice things about his fellow callers. That's pretty kind of him. Yeah. So just get that out of the way. And uh, First off, about the game on Sunday. I have to apologize. You can you can look at it. George Circus George is the reason why we struggled in that game. And I'll tell you, and for Wolf and Tunch, because Tunch is not the Mojo guy, but Wolf is definitely the Mojo guy. I understand so, Mojo. I usually have my uh, when I go to the yeah you know, when I go to the Geckos Pub where all the Steelers guys meet to, to watch the game. I bring this little votive candle with me. It's a little glass Steeler candle holder that I bought at a craft show years ago in Pittsburgh, and I. Well, I can't bring a candle because you can't bring a candle in the restaurant. So I bought one of those little electronic ones. And I've been using it all last year. So I used it for the Monday night game against Denver, and it started to look kind of weak. I said, ah, I'll get another game out of it. Uh, all right, we're going through the fourth quarter, and there's barely a flicker left. Right. I'm like, crap, this is my fault. If we lose this game, I'm going to look back at this and say, man, I, I was too lazy to go get another battery for that thing and charge it up. So, um, But we hung on, so... Among I'm, I'm Steelers Nation, your name would have been twice. Mud. Yeah. You realize that, Circuit George. Huh? Yep. Among Steelers Nation, your yeah, name would have been Mud. I'm, I'm, conf- I'm confessing my sin right now, and I expect a redemption <laughs> at some point. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Very good. All right, so about about the nose tackle play, it was interesting. Um, I was watching uh, Tyson, and I'm thinking, who does he remind me of a little bit? Now, not a lot, because... He's much better than that player I was thinking of. But Kendrick Clancy, funny that uh, Aaron Smith should bring him up. Kendrick Clancy played more of a uh, 4-3 nose tackle technique than did uh, Big Snack. And I don't think it suited our defense, at least not the way he did it. But it almost seems like uh, like Tyson is doing the um, disruptive nose tackle in a 4-3 as opposed to being the plugger 3-4 nose tackle, which, like again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. He's no. doing a great no, he's, he's playing well. Yeah, he lanes open. He's he dominated oh, yeah, Nick. Yeah. He dominated Nick Gates, and he dominated uh, Cushionberry. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was, it was fun game to watch until midway through the fourth quarter when I was you know pumping the mailbox at that point. Well, you know the <laughs> thing that kills well, why you. Was all of a sudden, uh, not able to get to the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, but the other thing is when you fumble and then that gives way to bringing a team back. You know where Denver closed within five points after that coming in to score. Right. That 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 just boy, you talk about Maylocks. Yeah. Man, oh man, you'd be mainlining that stuff. Yeah. Well, saving grace, they they gifted us those two points, huh? Yeah. Yeah. There's they no question about it. Hey, I'll that, tell you. Bad snap on on the safety. Derek <laughs> Watt came like a madman though. Yeah, and Terrell uh, Terrell Edmonds came like a madman too. Yeah. And oh, I, love, I love the Edmund sack on fourth. Right. Fourth oh, down. it was, was terrific. Was thing. Yes, it was. So, anything yep. else, George? So, one one other little thing. So, 
Yeah, you know where Waukegan is, do you, Tunch? Right, yeah. My, my lasting memory of Waukegan was from 1972 with the circus, second half of the tour opening up, and the guy that bought the circus earlier in the year didn't want the guy who was uh, providing the elephant actually fires him for no reason. He doesn't realize the guy is based out of Waukegan, and he comes in with his lawyers, oh. and they confiscate everything that belongs to the show. Not I mean not our props, but you know the lighting, the stage, the rings, <laughs> the trucks. <laughs> That's my memory of Waukegan as a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> wow. Well, we, we Anyways, I hate when that happens. Day. I'm going right. to go on. Go ahead, George. Yeah, well, I'm going to rehab starting this week with my back. I start my back rehab this week, and I went to swimming in the Gulf last Friday, so I'm, I'm feeling really good. I'm, Very I'm thinking good. a few more weeks I'll be back to work. Uh, and you'll brother. be hearing a lot less. As a result, you'll be hearing a lot less from me. All so, right. All right, brother. Thanks so much. Look forward to hearing more from you. Good Sounds good. Guys. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, Circus George. We used to play Waukegan. Did you really? Right, yeah. High school? Yeah, high school. Now, where, where were you? What's, what high school? Uh, Highland Park. Highland Park? Right, yeah. Versus Waukegan. Yeah. Uh, That's a mouthful. Waukegan had some great athletes. Really? Yeah, they had some great athletes. All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, Bishop in Greensburg. Bishop, welcome to the ro- locker room. Hello, guys. How you doing? Doing well, uh, Bishop. Awesome, awesome. Just want to remember... Uh, Remind y'all what I call you. I know CR calls y'all the old fogies, which I don't like. That's, to me, that's not. That's not. That's a little disrespectful. But anyway, but I remember uh, I like to call y'all my mods, men of God. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So you're welcome. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the uh, the play. Of, I think y'all just kind of mentioned the last caller. George just said something about it, but a Tyson Alou, he is looking really good. Right. And uh, I remember doing. Um, the quote unquote all uh, all season, not all season, but the training camp, they spoke about a the uh, Marcus Allen price, uh, playing him as a you know, uh, a hybrid linebacker. Right. But I haven't seen him on the field. Is that something I'm missing, or is that something that is just so sternly you you could easily miss when he comes in and plays that position? Because Vince Williams has been playing pretty well. It's, uh, even in coverage. Uh, and, Vince and has been playing really well. Right. I have not spent or seen any real attention to uh, Marcus Allen. Right. You know, being out there. So, you know what, Bishop? That's an interesting point that uh, I got to, you know, have to take a look at and see what his snap count is. Yeah. I would think he's okay. gotten special teams work, but uh, certainly Vince Williams has been playing very right. well. Vince, Vince has been yeah. blitzing well, coverage well. Yeah. Playing the run well. Mm-hmm. He has. I just got one on uh, last point that uh, uh, CR, CR had brought up, and some other uh, Steelers fans have been bringing about our struggles. And yeah, okay, if we want to call this like a second second preseason game. That's fine. These games count though. Oh yeah. But the thing I like about the fact is last year at this point we were zero and two. Right. Went to week three and became zero and three. Yes. So and almost made the playoffs. So right now, to sit here right now at two and zero, I'm extremely ecstatic. Even though we're not, um, and what we would like to see our groove yet, but we are two and zero, and you know we're going to have our Pittsburgh Steelers hiccup somewhere down the road. So getting off this uh, this two and zero start may still propel us in, uh, into the playoffs and also keep us up with those dirty birds. So, right, no doubt about it. And remember, we I think we went to one and four. If memory serves correct. Yeah. You know, so I mean, yeah. we're we're a long ways from that right now. That's for sure. Yep. Okay. Y'all, right. y'all have a good one. All right. Thank Bishop. you, Bishop. Yeah. Thank you, Bishop. 
All right, uh, let's go to Dano in Florida. Dano, welcome to the locker room. Gentlemen, how's everybody in the locker room today? Fantabulous, Good. brother. We're 2-0, and baby. Hey. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Hey, um, quick observation. Just wanted to make a comment. Uh, loving the segments with the interviews of Steeler greats. Aren't they? You know what? They've been so much fun. Yeah. And Aaron Smith was just a guy that uh, Tunch and I, we, we've admired for right. a long time, you know, just watching his career unfold. And it, it was such a blessing because getting to know Aaron on a personal level was such a privilege. He's just a great guy. Yeah. You know, you know, great when man it, of God. In, uh, um, uh, when, uh, when we, I interviewed him at the Bible Chapel. Right. On Friendship Weekend. Yes. Yeah. And he was. Just, did great. just terrific. So anyhow, that's yeah. uh, we're just throwing you, a little are, backstory are, there. That's not a problem. Hey, um, are you guys going to be doing that for the remainder of the season? We're trying to, man. Right. I mean, we've already had uh, a bunch of guys in. John Stallworth, Donnie Shell, right. uh, JT Thomas, yes. uh, right. uh, uh, Levon Kirkland, uh, uh, Alan Fanica, and uh, – uh, and then, yeah, we're trying to get everybody. Aaron We've been Smith. trying to, yeah, we're trying to get uh, Casey Hampton, maybe Brett Kiesel. Uh, you know, who right. knows? Who else? I'm, yeah, because I tell you, to be honest with you, I am really enjoying it because it, it, you know, to listen to them, it just covers more than just a media guy that you get from the Sealers. Yes. You know, it's so personal and, and you get to really know them. And I think that that's just—it's—it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful to well, hear. Well, thank that. you, and we'll, uh, we'll appreciate that feedback as we'll continue to try to effort that. Right. Okay. Uh, Wolf is. Uh, by the way, is your son Kyle? Is he still in the service? Yes, he is. He's a assistant professor at West Point. Uh, he's a major now in the U.S. Army, and um, you know, uh, he, God bless him. He is just a, a great young man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, give him my. Uh, Prayers and gratitude, if you would, please. I will certainly do that. Where are you? Uh, did you serve? Um, I, I actually got a medical discharge. Okay. I, I wanted to, and and uh, I wasn't able to. Yeah, I. I so. Well, my wife served. Uh, my son served. I was a slob that didn't. So. <laughs> well, you played football. <laughs> I played football, but yeah, yeah. But now I look and I go, man, that you know, I was I was a slob compared to them. So anyhow. That, but uh, so anyway, I don't, I don't want to take up any more of your time, guys. I just, uh, like I said, I just wanted to uh, relay my uh, thanks and uh, for doing the uh, the Steeler great interviews by two Steeler greats. Yeah. Well, thank you so very much, brother. Thanks, brother. God bless you, buddy. Take care. God bless you, guys. Take care. All right. Well, my friend. Why? You know the thing that uh, when we go here. Um, you going somewhere? Where's your, what's your headset? Yeah, I put I put it down. Oh. It, it, it was it, it was too loud. I thought you were gonna get up and walk out the room. Uh, it was uh, it was oh. hurting my ear. Okay, I got gotcha. uh, you. Do you know that there were seven ACLs uh, this season? Seven ACL yeah, tears thus far. So uh, Nick Bosa, right? Solomon but how many Thomas, were 49ers? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Raheem uh, Mostart. Uh, he he had an MCL knee. Right, there was just Tevin two. Tevin Coleman and uh, knee. Right, a Saquon Barkley is done with the ACL. Right. Sterling Shepard of the Giants is done with it. Well, he's got a toe. Yeah. 
Christian McCafferty, high ankle sprain, and a hamstring. Uh, you know the Malik Hooker uh, from the Colts, Achilles, right. uh, uh, Paris Campbell, uh, Colts, MCL. You know, Karen wrote these down for me. Uh, Devontae Adams, uh, Green Bay, hamstring. Right. Uh you don't want uh, what, these uh, all these injuries, right? And I was going to save that for the next one because uh, we got one more segment to do. But right. if I thought you were leaving the locker room for a moment, well, I wasn't going to leave. <laughs> I wasn't going to leave. But but my, I thought you were going to cop an attitude. Oh, okay, well, I'll just leave here. You know? Yeah. No, but the fact my, is, my ear was hurting. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. So the point is, and what I I think is being interesting was looking at the uh, the Giants turf because there was some. You know, right. people belly aching about the fact that there was met. You know, the MetLife turf uh, right. was was too sticky or something. Right. And they said that Zach had problems. We'll see. You know, but uh, you know, here, here's the thing about it: is you got the 49ers who played last week there yeah. against the Jets, and now they're going to play this week against the Giants. Giants, and they're staying in uh, uh, the Greenbrier. Greenbrier. Yes. Wow. That'd be nice, that'd huh? That'd be nice. Oh, the that'd Greenbrier's, be really nice. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, the, I, I would get a massage. <laughs> Would you? Yeah. What else would you do? I, uh, I would go uh, movie night. A little movie go, night action. Yeah. I'd go to the uh, the, the restaurant. And, uh, <laughs> That's a really nice resort. I hear. I, you know, I, Ronnie, my brother in. Ronnie, stayed there when the Cardinals came up. Right. And uh, they stayed there uh, for a week. Yeah. Before the, they played here in Pittsburgh. You know, the um, uh, New Orleans Saints used to stay there. Yes. Yeah. They would have training camp there. Right. Uh, that would, huh. yeah. How how nice is that? Greenbrier. Yeah, I mean, we stay at the Greenbrier, you know, not and at the, the Oakland College. Raiders. Uh, the, they, they had a hotel. The, they, yeah, they they went out to the wine country. Yes, Napa Valley. Napa Valley, and stayed at a hotel. What then was? <laughs> did you see the Raiders' new Allegiant Stadium right, in Las right, Vegas? Right, right, yeah. Last night. Oh my heavens, that is it's phenomenal yeah. looking. That or SoFi Stadium? I think SoFi's got a little more. I don't know. Uh, panache. Yeah, a little more uh, artsy-fartsy type thing yeah. to it. You know, it's got the wave and stuff. But Allegiant looked very impressive, right, especially right. some of those, uh, those, those overhead shots from a helicopter, blimp, or whatever's up there. Right, right. You know, but the thing I will say is, can you imagine opening up a, a billion-plus-dollar stadium and not being able to bring in any fans? Right, right. It's like, what's the point, man? You know, uh, uh, I, I'm wondering, when we – go to Vegas to play the Raiders, uh, is uh, Mike Tomlin going to stay at the uh, airport hotel? Because, <laughs> that we'll find yeah, out. that's right, because he, he doesn't like uh, Exactly, the Witness Protection yeah. Hotels. Yeah. Exactly. All right, we'll be back with more of the final bell lap here in the locker room with Dungeon Wolf. Darling, you know just what I'm here for 
You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. My goodness, do you think Thunder Road is anywhere along 10th Avenue, freeze out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> or is it 5th Avenue? I don't know. Yeah, you get that confused all the time. Yeah, you, you, you get that uh, Thunder Road. I've always got uh, issues I, you, with that. You, you got Thunder Road right. Yeah, think about this. You know, before GPS, do you remember how lost I used to get? Right, yeah. <laughs> my sense you, of direction. You got lost comes in your old neighborhood. My sense of direction would come from the Palmer side of the family, which was my right. mom. Now, my mom had pretty bad sense of direction. My dad, being a trucker, he always had a good sense of bringing it back home, obviously, because he would truck all over the place. Right. But for me, I don't know, man. It's like when he watched me. You didn't get the jeans. <laughs> You know, you know how bad I am at parallel parking, right? right. I'm one of those eh, 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 yeah, eh, yeah. guys, you know, back and forth, back and forth. My dad watching me, as I've told you the story many times, watching me parallel park and doing a 30-point turn, uh, said to me, son, that whole backup gene just totally missed you, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he could take an 18-wheeler and back it up a ramp into the bin where the concrete mixing because he would dump right. raw materials into where the concrete bins, you know, where they mix in all the cement and that. Yeah. Oh, he was something. He yeah. could really handle that. So, Chalooch, we look at, um, you know, the injuries that we right. were talking about before. There is such a rash. I can't help but think that some of this is spurred on by the lack of an offseason, by the lack of mini camps, lack of preseason. Um, here's the thing, and one of the things I'll say about it is this, because – uh, some people think, no, nah, it's you know, it, it, it's just a process. It it happens. But look, everybody does footwork drills and all that stuff, the quick foot right. stuff. But they do them in patterns. Yeah. And you do them in patterns, and you can anticipate the shifts, the movement, the uh, you know, the ballistic action of it. It's totally different right. in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you you. One of the things that in the games you're you react yes and so um i i don't you know we weren't we we didn't have uh injuries uh as, as much, as, much as as they do today exactly so and i know some people say well they're 350 pounds right well they're not all 350 pounds right there's a lot of guys that got injured saquon barkley is as great a shape as you can imagine yeah. you know what i mean and he put he tore an he acl, tore an ACL. There, First of all, there is no accounting for uh, getting injured. You can yeah. have streaks. You know, I remember I never missed a start in, in college. I uh, came right into the Steelers, and I, I think it was 34 straight games or something like that. And then all of a sudden, things start happening. Right. You know what I mean? 34 straight starts, and then things just start happening. That's a small you know, percentage or a, a small string compared to what a lot of guys did, right. certainly. But – it's like you, you don't know. You train hard, right? You know, but things happen. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know that they they happen more today than they did yesterday because two days I think uh, toughened you up. There's no question. But here's the other part that a lot of people don't understand. There is a I, I laughingly call it the samurai sixth sense. Right. You know what I mean? But there is a point in time when you you learn how to protect yourself in the middle of scrums. Right. You learn how to take a ballistic action, the hit, and relax and go with it. Or 
lift your feet up at, at a moment. There's right. just times you know. Get your feet up out of the ground. There's times that you can feel what's happening around you, and you just do it reflexively. Yeah. You know, there's really no rhyme, no reason, except for the fact that the experience of having been there, done that, and experienced that moment, you turtle up, you uh, get your feet out of the ground, you, uh, you know, you bend your knee or something like that, or just roll with the force. Yeah, Those you, things happen. You know, the, 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 the San Francisco 49ers are like the walking wounded. Yeah. Uh, Nick Bosa, ACL. Solomon right. Thomas, ACL. Jimmy Garoppolo. High ankle sprain. Right. Raheem Mozart, uh, MCL, and Tevin Coleman, knee. Yep. Uh, I, yep. You know, is it the ACL? You know, well, it's, to me, it's it's just that guys don't get conditioned the way they used to back in our day yeah. uh, from the hits. Yeah. Cortland Sutton towards down, ACL, yeah, too. Know, he's down for the year. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just can't imagine. And I, I will say this: Here's I, I tore an ACL, but you know the fact of the matter is that for a lot of guys, they don't lift heavy like they used to. They do a lot of high right. reps and stuff like that, and more of a bodybuilding routine. Right. We used to very basic lifts and just got strong on those basic lifts. Yes. I mean, you want to talk about knees that took some severe shots before uh, the ACLs got blown out? That that would be mine. You know yeah. what I mean? I remember when Bill Bain, remember the big old 300, uh, uh, no, wait a minute. For L.A. Rams. Yeah, Bill Rams. Baines. Was it Bill? No, no yeah. th- there was a defensive tackle, though. Uh, Dave thinking, Butts. Dave Butts fell on my leg, and yeah, it went sideways. Yeah, from the Washington Redskins. And it, the only thing that kept my knee together was the fact that, because he was 345 pounds. Right. And uh, the fact is that the ligaments, the strong ligaments, kept my knee intact. But right. But let me tell you, yeah. that was a heck of a hit and yeah. a heck of a well, he, he he fell on it sideways. Right. So anyhow, yeah. The point to me, in my mind is, I think some of these guys they don't train with the heavy weights and strengthen right. the ligaments as much as they do expand the muscles. You know, they they do a lot of bodybuilding stuff. Yeah. A lot of them look good, but you know, you build the muscle tissue, but the ligaments and tendons aren't as strong. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that can be a problem. So, so Wolf, I I want to ask you a question. Ask away, uh, my friend. How much? Uh, do you think these injuries uh, occur because there's no two-a-days? Uh, I, I got to feel like there's something there to it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could go look at some of the, uh, you know, the, the, the record of how many, you know, injuries and, and so forth. But, again, I go to the boxers. You right. go to the MMA guys. Why do they train like they do? Well, you've got to have periods of time where you have softer work, right, right where it's kind of going through the motions. But you've got to have some that toughen the joints and the ligaments and the ballistic actions that you're undertaking. Yeah. And people, you do not get that ballistic action when you got 60%, 70% effort in practice, right. those sorts of things, because, you, again, you know where you're going to plant. You, you're not worried about in a game. There are so many unaccountable forces that you encounter just in the course of one play. And and uh, the preseason games, uh, they help to yeah, set, they help too. You know, to uh, toughen the ligaments and the yeah. tendons. And again, I go to the third thing that we were talking about, and it's just learning to roll with the forces. Right. Learning to pick your feet up at the appropriate time and know when trouble's coming. Because <laughs> yeah. sometimes, sometimes you just know to get down. Right. You know, stay down. You know, you got you got something coming in. Remember, we used to yell "incoming" and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So let's go to the phones. Do we have time? Yeah. 
Jason okay. uh, from New Hampshire. Okay. Jason. We got to make it the- quick, Jason. I will. I will. Hey, first off, just real quick. Uh, I felt like a celebrity this morning when I uh, got props from uh, CR. So yeah. That was kind of cool. Good. <laughs> um, but I just want to say, you know, uh, just echo something that was said earlier. LeVon Kirkland, man, he was on not too long ago. Yes. He was talking about the defense back in the 90s about that defense, about how we trusted the other person. We trusted that they were going to be where they needed to be. We could be our own. We could be great. We could be awesome together as a team. Yes. What I'm seeing already in this in this team that we haven't seen in probably a good three to four years is that camaraderie together enough that they really look at each other like, you know what, offense? You kind of blew that one. We got your back. You know what, special teams? We, you kind of blew that one. We got your back. You know what, defense? You know, it's like you can see that, and it's getting exciting, even over after, even only after two games. And really quick, I live in New England. It's so nice to be 2-0 and and see New England 1-1. One and one. <laughs> <laughs> That was worth the price of admission alone right there, that's buddy. Right, that's right, that Jason. That was funny. Appreciate you, man. You guys have an awesome one. I'm sorry I didn't get much of a chance to talk. That's the way uh, work rolls. So I love you guys. I listen every day. So Thanks, brother. Right, Make uh, sure to call us back. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, go to Wake, uh, Lake Winnipesaukee. That's it. Or, or look around for the Bob Newhart show. Yeah. I'm still looking for Bob, man. He is He's really social distancing. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate you. He's ya. a Cub fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, Jason. Thanks so much. Thanks. God bless you, buddy. Well, it's interesting, Chalich, because we got, what, a minute to go or so yeah. here? I'd, uh, two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. Uh, we got the Watt family reunion coming up, right? Right. So thus far, after two games, JJ, six tackles, two sacks. TJ. Two and a half sacks. No, no. No, two sacks. Yeah. JJ's got oh, two sacks. Oh, JJ. I yeah. thought you TJ, said TJ. five tackles, two and a half sacks, one, one interception. interception. And we have Derek. Four tackles, one safety, and a big block to spring uh, James Conner's 59-yard right. run. So, who's leading? I think TJ. TJ? Yeah. How much weight do you give uh, Derek Watt for springing uh, James Conner? Uh, I give him a lot of weight. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? That, to me, could be the tipping point. That's a big play. Right. If he doesn't make that block, maybe James gets you know taken off his feet there. Right. And uh, so... I don't know. Of course, we can't call him DJ because we know full house. He doesn't like calling yeah, DJ. That's, that's not a good thing because the, the little girl and it was DJ. But the fact is, amongst the Watt brothers, there will be a Watt reunion this weekend. Now, right. I, I guess mom and dad Watt won't be able to make it. I but. think they, they, they're, they're going to have uh, Footlong uh, from Subway. <laughs> Footlongs. There you go. Well, didn't they do – they did a commercial, didn't they? Yeah, they, they did a commercial. Oh, yeah. Okay, they, they, in, in the backyard, they, they have a, uh, a, a Subway hut. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Now, see, that would be fun. I wish we could ask uh, TJ about that. Yeah. You know, that, that's one of the things that it, it, it really bugs me, not being able to see the guys, talk to the guys, yeah. you know. Be around the guys uh, would be so much more beneficial. But yeah. such as it is, this is the way it is. And it's Houston Texans coming to town this weekend, right, my friend. Right. It's going to be a big game. A huge game. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up here in the locker room. We want to thank you so very much. Uh, Jacob, that was a great job. Appreciate you 
putting on all the songs and putting up with us, getting us out there. Thank you, Aaron Smith, for jumping in. Bob Labriola. Chalooch, good to see you, my good friend. And you, we'll see you tomorrow morning, all yeah. right? Hey, stay tuned. Be ready. It'll be – oh, wait, we got the Mike Tomlin press conference oh. coming up. So we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back after this.